the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following was recorded live before an audience at Sage Summit 2017 in Toronto, Canada. Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Technology. I'm Ed Bless with my good friend and co-host Ron Baker, and on today's show, accounting and bookkeeping of the future. <laughs> of the future, Ron. What do you think of this? What do you think of accounting and bookkeeping of the future? I love it, Ed. One of my favorite topics. So, so we're ready to rock and roll on this. We we this is our second time before a, sum, a summit audience. Right, we had a good crowd in Atlanta about a month ago, but more enthusiastic crowd because they're Canadians. <laughs> I did notice something yesterday, though, when 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 we had the keynotes and stuff this morning. Um, when whenever we try to get people fired up for keynotes, you know, people come out and we they say stuff stuff to try to get people going, right? Well, when we do that in the U.S. and somebody says like anything remotely close to Canada from the stage, all the Canadians go. <laughs> Insane, crazy, everybody's running for it. But yesterday we were trying to like bring people up to like, oh, go Canada. It's like, so I've decided that Canadians are way more into their Canadianness when they're not in Canada. <laughs> I think this might be, I might be on this update here though. So we'll have, we'll have to see. Anyway, we have a fantastic panel with us as we did in Atlanta, star studded. So I want to uh, introduce the three of them. Uh, we did, uh, for those of you who are here live, so tweet away. We have everybody's Twitter handle up on there. Uh, we tend to be pretty Twitterable. I think that's the word. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> I just made it up. That's it. Twitterable. Uh, please do use certainly the, the hashtag Sage Summit for sure. The one you see at the bottom there is Ask TSOE. That's the show's hashtag. That's optional. Uh, but please do use it, so please uh, jump in. I mean, if we say things brilliant, because the three of these are well, fine ladies here, want to remember the brilliant things that they say. <laughs> and it's best if you guys preserve it for them. So, uh, Rachel Fish, uh, Diane Mueller, and Tamara Satav are with us today. I'm going to have them introduce themselves in turn. But before we do, we are in a union house here. I'm going to have to make an announcement. Uh, pursuant to section 6.02 of Canadian law, I must have to say that the opinions that we are about to give are our own and do not represent in any way those of our employers, including mine, Sage. So, <laughs> just one, by the way, I totally made up section 602, we just completely made that up. But all right, uh, let's start with Diane on our 
Well, you don't see this on the radio, but our far right. <laughs> so go ahead, Diane. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here. My name is Diane Mueller, and I'm a certified professional bookkeeper. My company is Soma Small Business Solutions. I've been in business since 1997, providing bookkeeping services to small businesses just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Tamar? Hi, I'm Tamara Satov. I just finished up my longtime gig at the CPA magazine, uh, where I've been at CPA and its legacy publication, CA Magazine, for about a decade and a half. So you're actually catching me between gigs right now, so I can really say whatever I want. Because <laughs> 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 she's unemployed. Yes. <laughs> no, no, in a few weeks. I'm just on break. In a few weeks, I'll be joining a company called Knowledge Bureau uh, as uh, director of publishing. And Knowledge Bureau offers professional development in the areas of tax, accounting, and personal finance. Outstanding. And last, Rachel. My name is Rachel Fish. I worked in accounting and industry for about 15 or so years. Had my own bookkeeping firm, a brand in Manitoba, Canada, for about five years. And about a year ago, took a role as national bookkeeping lead in, at Deloitte. Awesome. Outstanding. Thanks. And just in case, since I introduced myself, Ron did. Introduce yourself to the to the people who may anybody not know Ron here? Hands up. One, two. There are people who do not know Ron here. Just put that on record. All right, go. All right, I'm a recovering CPA. Uh, started my life in the big eights, and now you know how old I am. That's how you carbon date a CPA, by the way. You listen to how they refer to the big eight, big six, big five, big four. Three, and you can two, one, uh, final, final. Um, but I uh, started, and then I left there, started my own firm, and then uh, practiced for about 10 years, and then started Verisage, and kind of wrote books, and my goal in life is to kill the billable hour and the timesheet. <laughs> and we are making progress, folks, around the world, not just in bookkeeping and accounting, but in law and advertising and consulting and IT consulting. This thing is dying, and you have Verisage to thank for it. All right. And my name is Ed Klesson. Up until Monday, I was the interim VP of Sage Accountant Solutions in the U.S. I'm no longer that, which is a good thing from my perspective. Not because it's a wonderful, but I don't like play nicely with others. So, <laughs> so being a VP was a bit challenging, you know. Uh, but I am thrilled to be back in our partner development area and working with Scott Eman. Did you meet Scott this morning? He, I think he was on stage for a little bit. Uh, working with all of our partners, so not just accountants anymore, but all partners across North America and even sometimes the globe. I've done some consulting work for organizations in uh, Australia as well. So it's been been a fun run. And I ran into this guy it's 10 years ago. I'm going to live, give you the privilege of the first question to our, our fine panel. So, Well, I guess I want to know from all three of you, what does the future accountant or bookkeeper mean to you? When you hear that phrase? When you hear that phrase, what's it mean to you? I think Rachel should take this one because I was sitting in a session with her this morning I think it was this morning, or yes, breakfast? and yes, at breakfast time. And I thought she had the best description as to exactly what the bookkeeper of the future 
would be doing. So, right. But nobody tweeted that quote, so I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> I hate that. See, that's why you need I to be tweeting if we say brilliant stuff. I, yes, please. I need a record of this stuff. Um, it was, was it the solutions architect piece? Absolutely. It was so, so part of the what I love to do and where I can definitely see this going is it's no longer about that regular recurring, the data entry, the doing stuff with paper, paperless automation as much as possible. The part that I love and where I see a lot of bookkeepers really love is because they, they still have that need to problem solve. Mm -hmm. And so that beginning of the engagement in a client where you are piecing together the solutions and recreating their workflows, that is what I see a lot of new bookkeepers get really excited about, is knowing the, the software and the technology and the apps and really building those workflows. So I think... Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that statement. We're changing. Bookkeepers are no longer doing any of the work that we used to do. And I'm by far the oldest on this panel. <laughs> and um, I was saying in the session that I was doing early, 30 years I've been doing bookkeeping and I've seen a lot of changes in the tools that we use. But wow, in the last five to seven years, those changes have really been significant. That I don't necessarily recognize my old role in a in a small business anymore and how I would have helped them prior to the last five to seven years. Completely different now. Let me just ask a follow-up on that. If you, so if you say you wouldn't recognize it, but what, what would you have said five to seven years ago? Do you think you had like some vision of what it was going to be today? Well, I think I did, which is okay. the reason for starting IPBC, the Institute right. of Professional Bookkeepers of Canada. But um, I, I don't necessarily think that a lot of bookkeepers saw the change in the beginning, and it um, kind of snuck up on them. Uh, and they're still running a little bit to catch up, but for sure they're there, and they're no longer in that traditional bookkeeping bookkeeper's box, I call it. We're expanding out everywhere. And it was about five to seven years ago that I was actually doing all of the research and all of the build business planning for my own business. So it, that lasted for five years and it closed a year ago. So that's five to that's in that range. Um, but I, I talked to a lot of bookkeepers and a lot of accountants and was talking about, was asking about the industry and, and the market and things like that. And I got a lot of, well, I'm going to use whatever, you just have to learn whatever your clients use. Um, and I'm still, a, I'm a little disappointed that we're still hearing that, but I think we're hearing it less. So that's progress. But yeah, all of those things that I was hearing that five to seven years ago about how other people thought that I should build my business was very much a, I am at the behest of my clients and I am here to serve you. And that's not untrue, but I think that the big shift have, has now been over the last few years I actually get to define what my business looks like, and I get to define how I serve my clients, and it's a little less up to my client now what that looks like. Yeah, I, I would like to say uh, in terms of the accountant of the future, which I would um, sort of distinguish a little bit from the CPA of the future, only because uh, CPAs, after the unification of the three main accounting designations in Canada, so the CGA, CMA, and CA, the vast majority of CPAs are work in industry. And so if you're talking about accountants as practitioners, you know, that's a little different than just talking about the CPA of the future. But for accountants of the future, 
I see them as um, being sort of the, the leader of a multidisciplinary team so that they can be almost, you know, the, the lead um, sort of contractor of all the uh, services. So you have your estate professional, your insurance professional, uh, your, you know, uh, succession planning. All, like, so the, they're going to be the leader of the team and make sure that there's a comprehensive approach uh, to a client's needs. Obviously, it depends on the size of the client. Like a smaller client's not going to have a team. And for those people, uh, the account is going to be all those people. So they're going to have to learn to specialize in succession planning and, and helping clients build their business. You know, when you get from, go from, you know, sole proprietor to a handful of employees to the next level, you know, that the accountant can be that trusted advisor. So there are going to be all these other areas that the accountant is going to have to um, use their, their training and background and, and skills to help their clients grow. And when you, when you say accountant, are you referring more to accounting professionals? So that would include, in your mind, bookkeepers as well? Or do you make a distinction? Because I'm going to ask No, I, I would include bookkeepers in that. But not, not CPAs in industry, if that makes sense. Right, right, and right. There's people who are servicing outside. That concludes the first segment of our show recorded live at Sage Summit 2017 in Toronto. I want to remind you that you can contact Ron and me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. But the show's website is thesoulofenterprise.com. And there you can see our show notes to all of our previous 149 shows, as well as previews to upcoming shows. And of course, our archive page, where you can see a list of the shows that we've done in the past. And please listen to them. Coming up on segment two, the sometimes strained relationship between accountants and bookkeepers is contrasted with the magic of when they work well together. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And now segment two of our show, recorded live at Sage Summit 2017 in Toronto, Canada, a panel on the future of accountants and bookkeepers. What, what is that challenge? Because I've, I've had the pleasure of speaking at IPBC for, what is it, five or six years? Yeah, coming in now, six So it's been, been fantastic. And I will say that there tends to be a little bit of tension. 
between bookkeepers and accountants. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> so I wonder if you, would, you guys would expound on that. Why, why do you think that is? Is it, is it just uh, professional jealousy in some sense, or is it just, hey, we just don't happen to like you? We have a threat? I mean, what, accountants are boring and bookkeepers are fun? I mean, what's the... Like, uh, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the reason. Uh, but you know, there, and there's probably accountants in this room. So that, that that's what yeah. what is that tension? Where does that where did that spring from? What happened there? I, I so I happen to be speaking on this tomorrow. Oh, yeah, good check your agenda. <laughs> Accountant and bookkeeper, the ultimate client advocacy team. Because I think that for too long, so it's kind of we are accountants and bookkeepers are two parts of the two sides of the same scale, right? Or two sides of the same coin. Because we still have relationships with clients and we still have to do with their their financial health and everything like that. I I think I'm just naive enough to not understand that we're we're not actually against each other. We both serve the client in a different way and we serve that client best when we can collaborate. A thousand percent. So I think that and so I think that when we talk about um, you know being able to collaborate with clients, I mean the number one source when I was growing my own business, the one number one source of clients was accountant referrals. And if you guys, if bookkeepers, if you guys are not connected to accountants providing your referrals, reach out, take one for coffee. They love coffee for lunch, whatever. Accountants, if you do not have a network of bookkeepers that you can entrust your clients to, again, reach out, talk to Diane, get some IPDC members in your area. So I, I just think that it's too important to the client and for the health of their business and for their finances to ignore that we actually are all better when we work together. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really the dream team Absolutely. of bookkeeper and an accountant. Mm -hmm. Dream team. Yeah. So I don't know why. There's a lot of... Um, at Deloitte, it's certainly been interesting because being a bookkeeper and having my own bookkeeping company and then dealing with accountants you know, who were in firms and it was this... This referral base, but you know, they sat in their firm and I'm over here and now I like walk down the hall to, you know, um, to this room full of accountants and it's, it's certainly been a learning experience and interesting to see it's just a completely different mindset. I think bookkeepers by nature are, as I mentioned, problem solvers. We're, we're much more invested in um, the regular day-to-day -day operations of our clients' businesses, and that's something that accountants really don't see on a regular basis. It's send me your data, I'll punch, I'll, you know, punch out financial statements. So, um, yeah, it's been, it has been a very good uh, year so far at Deloitte trying to teach them that team dynamic as well, and yeah. I would, I would say that... Uh, you know, I'm not telling any tales out of school here to say that even even between different flavors of professional accountant, there you know there could be some some tension. We call them the legacy designations now, mm -hmm. and that I believe that a lot of it just comes from the fact that each each of those organizations did a lot of work over many many years to bolster you know the pride of that designation, and so then once. You know the idea of unifying them all. It was like, well, how, how can we do that? You know, we're it's we're individuals and we're CJs or CAs or CMAs, and um, apparently around the world, uh, 
they are quite surprised that in Canada we were able to, to do this unification and bring everybody under the one umbrella. And the idea is, you know, exactly the same way, you know, bookkeepers and accountants are stronger together. Well, this idea that all the professional accountants under one umbrella are stronger together don't, you know, divide. And, yeah. I'm not going to turn this into a technology question, but I want to bounce off something that Diane said. You guys know all the technology coming down the pipe, right? All this artificial intelligence and deep learning and, and you know, bots like Peg that Sage has got and all of that. Are you generally optimistic about these technological changes or are you pessimistic about it? Because there's a lot of pessimism out there that these things are going to destroy tons of jobs bookkeepers and accountants and auditors being largely among them, what is your personal feeling about all this technological change? Optimistic or pessimistic? I'll start. I'm totally optimistic about it, actually. I think that we've got a very bright future. We need to wear shades. It's so bright as bookkeepers, for sure. Um, I think that we do need to expand ourselves out of that traditional bookkeeper box to ensure that that we continue down that road, but there's so many more opportunities for us than we had before when we were in that box or kept ourselves in that box or I don't know what we were really doing, but we've opened up all of the opportunities for all kinds of different types of bookkeeping practices. Uh, so yeah, I'm incredibly optimistic about, about the future for bookkeepers. So this is no different than getting a washing machine or... It's not. It, it, you know, it's just another tool. It's just another tool. Just another it frees tool. you up to, to do more valuable things. Is that... Yeah, absolutely. And and we're basically relationship workers, bookkeepers. And that may be where some of the difference is between accountants and bookkeepers. We, we're doing the in there every single day. We're marriage counselors. We're, 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 you know, trying to help them sleep at night. We're all of, all of those things. So that relationship has become so trusted and, and such a deep relationship that we're just bringing more tools to them. We're, there's no threat um, in anything that automation brings forward. This is another great tool for us to be able to take to the client. I love it. I, lo I love to hear optimism. Ed and I are completely optimistic about all these changes. Yeah, future glee, Ron. But like future, future shock. <laughs> future glee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tamara, what about you? What, what do you think about all this? Well, I, I'm optimistic for people who are willing to embrace change, you know, but I think that um, accountants uh, tend to like stability. Um, people in general, but maybe accountants a little more so. Um, and, you know, so. It also depends on the last thing I've read, whether I'm optimistic <laughs> or pessimistic. You know, like, um, we ran a piece uh, a while ago in the magazine on, on quantum computing. Um, so anybody who's sort of concerned about AI um, and you know the cost of outsourcing or offshoring a, a North American worker is one third of the cost of you know, that job in North America, but to, to have an AI do that job is one ninth. So yeah, there is a reason to be afraid. Um, and then when you when you figure quantum computing is in its infancy, 
Um, they say that it's basically the pre-transistor, pre-vacuum tube uh, stage of traditional computing. And, and for those of you who don't know, quantum computing is um, basically in regular computing, you can have a bit that's a zero or a one, whereas in quantum computing, it can be a zero and a one at the same time. Don't ask me to explain it. <laughs> it they call it quantum weirdness for a reason. Um, but the, the upshot is that um, a small quantum computer, once it's developing, there have been one developed yet, of about 50 uh, qubits, which is, you know, as opposed to regular bits, uh, would be able to do calculations that if you took all the computers in the world that exist right now, you would not be able to do the calculations. One small quantum computer could do more than all the world's current computers. So that scares me. Um, you know, but at the same time, if you think about uh, new jobs that have been created by just the internet era or, you know, computing in general, um, you know, people don't really focus on that. We think about, well, well, the elimination of tasks or the elimination of jobs. Well, what about the creation of new things? Um, so, you know, I think it's uh, Kevin at Newsweek, what he's written about this and says, you know, nobody's grandmother was an SEO specialist, <laughs> right? But now that's like your job and it, it's a pretty well-paying job, right? So who knows what the, the future jobs may be for those who are willing to embrace change. I don't think it's something to feel threatened about. Um, I think that there are some that when you do read blogs and articles and, and other things that are out there that tend to take that doom and gloom stance on it. But I do feel that it's really important to be aware. So I don't feel threatened, but I feel like I need to continue to be aware of, of what's going on and how that's going to affect my clients. And how you can use it Absolutely. to serve your clients better. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you why I'm optimistic about it. Because Ron sent me something late last week that just ready that I don't know if this is available in Canada, but and I'm just going to put a shameless plug for a product in that I have no relationship to. It is called JollyRogerTelco.com. What this this is a bot. It's an audio bot, audio bot. And what it does is it combats telemarketers. <laughs> so the, you you put the telemarketer on with this bot, and the bot has a conversation with it. Absolutely hysterical, right? So and it's it's it says mm hmm uh huh, you know. So, so it's like like yes, and then all of a sudden it all and it's it, what it is is it's people's actual recorded voice. So it's not like a you know it's not it's, it's people's recorded voices they put on tapes and loops and have this 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 incredibly complex algorithm this to do what to play next. But like ten four five three minutes into the call, all of a sudden say hold hold on a second. And like, then the person on the end will conduct an argument with their spouse or kid, right? And like, and goes, yeah, no, your your tights are in your brother's room. Why? You know, and they like, check, no, check the laundry room. And there's like 30 seconds, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm sorry, I was completely distracted. Could you start again, please? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> And like, then bring it back all the way to the beginning, right? And the whole the theory behind this is that if you're keeping a telemarketer on for any period of time, you're literally saving hundreds, maybe thousands of other calls, right? Because these automatic dialers, they just keep yeah, dialing until they get a human being, right? So the calls that are made, into, and then they dump this, is this is the most brilliant thing ever. And yes, there is one for business, 
right? Specifically for business, so not home for your business, where it will be like a, a, a crotchety executive assistant and like the, 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 the another person, and they pass you back and forth to one another, not wanting to deal with the call. No, you really should talk to Fred. You know, and Fred's like, no, no, you gotta. Back and forth. So, and anyway. Jolly Roger Telco. <laughs> you can actually listen to some of the transcripts from the calls, and it's entertainment value. And the, the app costs like six bucks a year. Yeah. Right? I mean, but, that's 50 cents a month. It's incredibly worth it. But then, see, that, that's the kind of thing, like that kind of technology, it, it not only can be, be used for bad, like these automatic dialing stuff, mm -hmm. but now someone is smart enough to say, okay, now we're going to have something that is going to combat this. Yeah. Right, and I think the same thing is true for any any kind of technology. Right, we'll be able to, to put it to use. And like you said, Van, uh, you don't re you don't recognize your job today what it was five years ago. Well, that's the same thing. Five years from now, you probably won't recognize it again because it will change. You, there's not going to suddenly be a robot sitting in your chair, right? But it's just going to be a different set of tools that you're Absolutely. using. Absolutely, and you'll have Peg. I did interview uh, Kriti Sharma on this. I, I, I just did a podcast with her and talking about new titles. Do you know there's a, uh, I think her name, her title, Inside Sage, is uh, she, uh, she's a director level of bot personality. So there's a news, like forget CEO, uh, SEO, right? Bot personality. <laughs> like that's a job now. <laughs> How cool is that? I want to be a bot personality designer. Well, that's the other great thing about all this technology. I mean, let's face it, nobody's mourning the loss of polling pin resetters. That used to employ, you know, tens of thousands of people or telephone operators. And so when this new technology comes, yeah, it destroys jobs as they are, but it creates a whole bunch of new ones that our mind can't foresee. And that's why I'm not doom and gloom about all this stuff. We, we, we humans will always find a way to serve one another. And that concludes the second segment of our show recorded at Sage Summit 2017 in Toronto. Want to remind you that you can contact Ron or me by going to thesoulofenterprise.com. Also use ask, T-S-O-E, at verisage.com, which is also the same for the hashtag as well as our Twitter handle. So please feel free to tweet hashtag AskTSOE at Ask TSOE, and Ron and I will be happy to talk with you on that. Coming up on segment three, more from the panel on the future of accountants and bookkeepers. But right now, a word from our sponsor, Leading Results. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If Google can't find you, do you exist at all? At Leading Results, we want to help you get found locally, both in search engines and directories. We want to help you have an outstanding reputation online. And we want to help you get those blogs written and interact on social media. Simply put, Leading Results helps customers find you. By working with our team, your practice grows and your profitability improves. Focus on what you do best and delight clients. Leave the marketing and lead generation to us. To learn more, go to leadingresults.com slash packages. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have, but have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. 
The value of this book is found entirely in its foreword. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the foreword and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And now, segment three of our panel on the future of accountants and bookkeepers recorded live at Sage Summit 2017 in Toronto. But I just want to lay out what we have been thinking about at Verisage and even on the Soul of Enterprise, we've toyed around with this idea. Uh, and Diane, you said it. You said bookkeepers are relationship workers. And I think that's a pretty key phrase because if, if you think about it, if you sell stuff, you know, fungible stuff that you pull out of the ground, you're, you're in a commodity business. Think the agricultural era, right? Think wheat, whatever. If you take that stuff and you say, okay, how can we decommoditize stuff, right? Well, combine it with other stuff and turn it into tangible goods, right? And that kind of gets us into the industrial era. And then you ask yourself, how do you decommoditize a good? Well, add a service to it, right? Add something intangible to it, and that turns it into a service. Well, what happens when a service becomes commoditized? How do you decommoditize a service? Well, turn it into an experience, right? Think Disneyland, think the Rainforest Cafe. People or think a rock concert or a, a, a chef dining experience in the kitchen or something like that. Create an experience. But here's the interesting thing, folks. What happens when an experience becomes a commodity? As illustrated by the t-shirt, been there, done that. Got the t-shirt, right? So how do you decommoditize an experience. Here's where I think we are. And this is a hinge point in history. You turn it into a transformation. You actually, the customer becomes the product. And if you think about bookkeepers and accountants, I think we're already poised here at the transformation economy. And it could be a relationship economy. I, I'm not sure which one of those terms I like better, but it's one of those. Because I think what's happening is our professions can help people move from where they are to where they want to be. And then that way, you're not selling a good, a service, or even an experience. You're touching that customer's soul. Think, think about, I often think about this. Bill Gates, you know, Warren Buffett. How important is their legacy to them, right? I mean, you think they thought about this? Or Mark Zuckerberg, right, Facebook owner? I mean, their legacy is critical. And a team of accountants and lawyers and others, bookkeepers, are helping them plan that legacy. That's not a commodity. That's touching their soul. And I think that's where we are. We're in a transformation where, and I think we have to start using that language that we can help people go from where they are to where they want to be, whether that's get their kid in college, retire earlier, grow their business, uh, you know, start a college, whatever it might be, a dream home, that's what we're all facilitating. We're facilitating those transformations. And that's kind of where we see it. I, I totally agree. And I think 
what I've noticed in the past is bookkeepers are right beside the business owners. So they've pretty much always been in the position of being that trusted advisor and they, they almost don't want to make a move without knowing that you know about it and you're, you're okay about it because they get to sleep at night when they know somebody is looking after what's really important to them. You get to know their kids and their wives and you, you know when someone's sick and you know when their birthday is and all of those things and those that relationship becomes my customer and they don't they're not ready to let that go for any machine because that's not what it's about for them it's about me and seeing me you know come through the door and know that whatever their problem was that week Here's somebody that they can sit down and talk about it with and and find solutions, as Rachel was talking about. We love problem solving. And, and it doesn't really matter whether it's a bookkeeping problem, I've noticed, or another problem that's going on over here because ultimately it affects their business and their, their business dreams. So we have to fix it wherever it, it needs fixing. Yeah, I, I agree that, um, you know, that human interaction is key. And, you know, people uh, don't necessarily want to figure out how to use the technology. Even if it's user-friendly and even if it's supposed to be, you know, DIY, they just don't want to worry about it. They want, you know, to have, that's why I have you kind of thing, right? Uh, so I also, um, I've read that uh, there was a study, an Accenture study, and talked about in, in this vein of job creation that there's going to be three categories. Uh, there's going to be the trainers, um, so basically training the artificial intelligence on you know, what it means to learn and how to perform. There'll be the explainers who will uh, be the conduit between uh, the technology and business leaders. So, with, you know, so business leaders don't need to understand technology. And there will be the sustainers, uh, basically, to make sure that the AI is functioning and achieving what it's supposed to. So, you know, accounts are, and bookkeepers are really, uh, you know, perfect for that ex explainer um, role, you know. So, and I, and I think that um, clients, business leaders, whoever it may be, they're already used to having that relationship. So, yeah, for those people who want to do things themselves, then, you know, they could have already done it themselves and this maybe will make it a bit easier, but I still think there's going to be a vast segment of people who... They just don't want to worry about it. They say, no, you know, that's your, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the third role you said? Um, explainers, trainers, and complainers? Is that yeah, that's right. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> well, do you remember the third, do you remember the third uh, role? Sustainers. Sustainers, yeah. okay, yeah. sustainers. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> hey, I knew there was an aner in there. There's <laughs> 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 not, not a complainer. But uh, on this, this whole uh, notion of the relationship, one of the things that I am fascinated by is the is what questions are professionals asking, whether they're bookkeepers, accountants, lawyers, IT people, doesn't matter. What questions are you guys asking to get to those stories, to get to those conversations, to get to are you asking what are your hopes and dreams? I mean, are you is that the question you're asking? For sure, and broken down into a little bit closer segments, where do you want to be in a year? Broken down into segments, got it. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Right, and, and and how do you market that? Right, that's the, that's the next thing. How do you how do you market that your that your experience is going to be different? That there that there's not going to be just the stand. I'm not just the standard bookkeeper or accountant who's going to be 
plugging away and you know doing this, I'm going to be at this level for you. I think you just you have to show them. I think that uh, one thing that I did quite poorly in my business, I could just go on about all the things that I did poorly in my business. Here's everything has how not what not to do, right? Uh, but one of the things is that I didn't until uh, like three years in. Um, I didn't spend enough time on the client attraction and onboarding and that whole process. I did not give it enough time and enough thought. And once I did start doing that, my engagements were stickier, they were stronger, I had better relationships with my clients because all of those things that I had learned after taking on crappy clients because I thought I just had to take on everybody who came to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm hearing a couple of you. Um, I learned what I wanted to see in a client and was now able to define it better and could get it right up front. This is how I operate. So when somebody you know, would call me up and say, you know, I'd like to engage your services, can I just drop off my box? I'm like, I don't, I don't work like that. Well, I just want to drop off a paper box full of paper and, and all that. I'm like, I don't work like that. Or when you're sitting kind of going through that initial, initial interview and I said, so I'd like you to set aside about 60 to 90 minutes because I'd really like to know about you and your business and what your pain points are. And it's amazing how much people will tell you if you just let them talk. Just <laughs> let them talk and shut up and just, they will talk about their business and, and what some of their pain points are. You really don't have to be doing a lot of digging to get that information. Just ask what they're concerned about in their business. Um, but it, yeah, when you start seeing clients, you know, after like five or 10 minutes, be looking like, I thought I just had to tell you where my bank, where I banked <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> tell you how many employees I had or tell you, and then we'd be done. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a partner in your business with you, so we need to make sure that it's going to be a good And that's not for everyone, right? There are probably Absolutely. people who are like, I just want to drop off the box. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay that it's not okay, I mean, that it's not for everyone, because then they can find a bookkeeper that will do that. Um, or even when you're talking to a client, oh, I, I really don't like it when I have to put all my papers together for you and send them off to you. I'm like, I don't like getting it. So, <laughs> so, so let's talk about how to improve on that a little bit. Oh, on the point of how do you, uh, you know, market yourself, how do you let everybody know that this is the kind of business you want to do? Well, shameless plug, um, Knowledge Bureau has uh, some uh, designations. Um, there's the Real Wealth Manager designation, which is sort of what I was speaking about before, being that sort of uh, leader, the multidisciplinary team leader. And then there's also a new program, the um, Executive Business Builder Program. And that's, you know, being able to help your client take their business to the next level. Um, but if you want to go the opposite route of this shameless plug, you, there's content marketing. And what content marketing is, is basically using social media to uh, put out content that you think your dream client would be interested in. And you, you never reference your services. You just put the content out there. It could be stuff that you've written. It could be other, you know, articles. But it's all sort of in the vein of, of what the values of your dream client. And you can put out articles that, you know, mirror the type of, of, of service that you do. But you, you don't sell your services that way. And the idea being that um, you build that relationship and people follow you and then when they're ready to find someone to hire they will choose you because they already have a relationship with you.
Absolutely. And one of the key, the key bits to that, sorry, just really quickly, one of the key bits to that, if you are going to get into the social um, marketing space, and there's lots of really great sessions here talking about that, is being consistent. Being consistent with the type of message that you want to deliver, the type of client you want to attract. So you need to define those first so that you know the content that will minister to them, right? Or that they will um, react to, right? So consistency is huge. And that was segment three of our show recorded at Sage Summit 2017 in Toronto. Want to remind you that you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to ask ask. T-S-O-E at verisage.com and that email will go to both Ron and me and we will be happy to respond to you. Of course, visit the show page, thesoulofenterprise.com. Keep those reviews coming on iTunes and on Amazon of our book. Love to get those and we love to read them on the air so you too could be famous. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back. And now our fourth and final segment of our panel from Sage Summit 2017, recorded live in Toronto, the future of accountants and bookkeepers. Ed and I have a Verisage colleague, Dan Morris. He's one of the founders, and he's a CPA in Silicon Valley. And he tells a story. I wish he was here. He'd tell this story. He tells it really much funnier than what I'm about to do. But he said, when I started out, he said, yeah, my client selection criteria was... Do they have a checkbook? <laughs> and if I put a mirror in front of them, will it fog? <laughs> and by the way, if the mirror didn't fog, then maybe we could still do some estate work. Right? <laughs> uh, but he said that is a crappy way to build a business because then you end up with all these D and F, you know, customers. Uh, and, and I think customer selection is so important. I guess that leads to my next question. Right, hold, hold on, before you ask the question, okay. is this so that we can prove that this is live radio? 
Thank you to our, our room monitor in the back. By the way, this is a double session. If we can tell, this is a double session. We're not taking a break. We're just, we're rolling, we're rolling on. We're rolling on. Outstanding. I will say this, though. In about 15 minutes, so Yodi, be ready. About 15 minutes, we're going to start taking questions from y'all. Or actually, in Texas, we say, you know what the pearl of y'all is, by the way? Y'all. All y'all. All y'all. We'll be taking questions from all y'all. Not just y'all, but all y'all. And we'll be taking your questions. So, and I will give you the rules for that question asking when we get there in 15 minutes. So, Ron, go okay. ahead. You're on. Um, all right. So, my question is you know, we at Verisage are big believers in specialization. Picking a niche, sticking to it, I think that makes customer selection easier. I think it makes pricing and strategy and positioning and marketing all easier. Uh, we also know just from looking at firms around the world in all sectors, the most profitable ones and the happiest ones seem to be the ones that are most specialized. And I just wanted to get your reaction to, do you see more of a trend in the bookkeeping world towards specialization? It's called, it's called niche. Yeah, niche. <laughs> just want to do a little translation for the comedians there. <laughs> So, and I was talking about it in, in my session this morning or the earlier today. Um, I think that it's really a necessity almost because, in my opinion, I think technology is coming at us too fast for a lot of us to be able to absorb it. And when it's coming from every angle, and I don't know how many different apps and applications and so I think that's a little bit overwhelming, especially for a lot of bookkeepers who are moving in that direction right now. So one of the things that I always give advice to new bookkeepers on is maybe pick a specialty because then you can really concentrate on what that industry needs, what apps will be best for them, um, you know, what workflow processes, and you're you know, just biting off a chunk of it and then you can become the best of the best in that particular specialization. So, yeah. One of the, the more narrow the better, right? I mean, it's not just manufacturing, but plastics manufacturing or something, something like yes. that would be even better. Yeah. Other thoughts on specialization? Uh, so, I was uh, at a, a Knowledge Bureau workshop earlier this month, and uh, one of the people there, um, uh, the accountant, was talking about how he's developed this specialty doing um, tax returns for German expats. And, you know, so, I mean, the U.S. thing is, is pretty big with the, the, the cross-border taxation, but, the, like, who knew for Germany, they thought that they had to fill out this, I don't know, like, dozen or two-dozen-page thing. I was crazy. And then he called them, and he has a contact, the, you know, whatever it is, the equivalent of CRA in, in Germany. And uh, and he found out no 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 they don't have to they, it's just the one form and so now he's like the only guy in Canada that does that's you know knows. yeah and he does these these tax returns for and knows that it's one form and not twenty yeah. right right yeah exactly because <laughs> he made the call yeah, yeah. Um, I think specializing in niches is is absolutely where this is going because. If you're a generalist, you're kind of one, one of those uh, jack-of-all-trades, master of none. And again, I go back to that advice that I was given in my own business five to seven years ago. I'm like, well, who do you do books for? And it was, well, anybody who wants their books done. I'm like, but then how do you know you're doing it well? How do you know that you're keeping up with 
um, you know, different regulations in those specific industries. So not only are we seeing niches, and thank you, Ed, for <laughs> saving us, having to write that, um, but also we're seeing those super niches, right? So not only do super I want niches. to do the the books for realtors, but the books for realtors who specialize in luxury, you know, condominiums or boat rentals or, you know, things like that. So kind of taking it that extra step because then in that community, because communities all, all communicate and they all talk to each other, who do I need to go to for this? You will now be the expert in that area and, and be able to do that. Okay. I think what it also does, sorry, what it also does is it allows you, especially if it's something that you are really passionate about or that you're really excited about, is it allows you to connect with your clients that they are also really passionate about. So I get a lot of, well, from bookkeepers, how do I know what that niche should be? How, how do I pick that? <clears throat> Go through your current customer, you know, your current client list. Go through your favorites. Then what is it about those that make them your favorites? And you, you're going to find some commonalities. And in some cases, some of those commonalities might be their industry or their market, or they have the same kind of feel to their business. And I think, so when you're talking about, we talked earlier about that dream customer experience and identifying who that is, that's a great place to start. Start with your current clientele. Who are you the most excited to work with? Start defining that and then kind of refine and refine. And then that's probably a great place for you to start niche-wise. Yeah. We find that a lot of people are already specialists, but they won't admit it. Right? I mean, they, they probably have a cluster of the same types of, of customers. The, the other thing I think a lot of bookkeepers and accountants worry about when it comes to specialization is, well, I don't want to get too reliant or too dependent on one industry. What if it goes into economic decline like construction or, or real estate? But don't confuse being speci a specialist with being narrow. And exhibit A is Starbucks. Exhibit B would be Coke. You know, Pepsi has Kentucky Fried Chicken and Frito-Lay and Taco Bell. Coke does beverages. And when you look at their market caps and their profitability, there's no comparison. It's, it's like the market, you know, it's like Apple. App, if you look at Apple and say Hewlett-Packard, Hewlett-Packard has something like 15,000 SKUs. Yeah. Apple has 60. And it's the most profitable company on the planet. But it's very, very narrowly focused. Look it up around 270 billion in cash. Yes. 270 billion. 270 billion in cash. That <laughs> they could literally buy all but 60 of the countries. Like no leverage buyout. Like just like we're taking one out. But uh, you know, I want to tell this story about a, a, this is a great conversation on specialization. I, I had this really interesting experience with a, a partner in the mid market. They're down in Florida. The guy moved down to Florida. He was originally a New Yorker, moved down to Florida because he loves the beach, right? And one of the things he came to one of the workshops where we did the whole Simon Sinek start with why, right? And so I'm sure many of you have seen that. If you haven't, write that down. You want to watch Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, start with why. Watch that TED Talk and can be life-changing as it was for us to see that. But anyway, this guy had an epiphany. He said, you know my best customers? You know who my best customers are? The ones that think like I do. I'm like, yeah, how do, they, how do they think? They're the ones who think that the people who spend time at the beach are better people. <laughs> the people who spend time at the beach are better. They're like, no, they're better people. They're just better people. They're more relaxed. They're, 
So he completely redid website, everything, beach motif, beach theme. Do you want to spend more time at the beach? Now he's in Florida, right? So this works, right? You can like, target that. So his, like, his whole specialty is around, the, if you want to spend more time at the beach, I'm your guy. And that's called a psychographic. Right? That's not a demographic, that's a psychographic. Yeah. Right? So you're understanding the particulars of the mindset of the people who you attract. And I would be willing to say that your exercise is a great one to identify not just industry and trends like that, but what is it about these people who think like me? Right? Who think like me. And that would be kind of a fun thing to look at. With remote working now, you can actually be working from the beach. Exactly. <laughs> and there are firms that, you know, are set up that way. That concludes the fourth segment of part one of our show recorded at Sage Summit 2017 in Toronto, The Future of Accountants and Bookkeepers. Next week, Ron and I will be back with a new live show profiling one of our memorable mentors, Leonard Reed. We'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise, business and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.